Okay. Brilliant. Right. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I don't know if you've been following the news, well, maybe not on the news, but there's been this new and incredibly powerful telescope that has been sending some pictures back to NASA of stars and galaxies. So NASA looks, it's a special important building that looks a bit like this um, and you can find it in America. That's the kind of famous symbol. So this telescope is so powerful and the images are so detailed that scientists and astronomers have been seeing the universe like you've never ever seen it before. Sorry, I'm just adjusting my glasses so I can, I can see you and see. I feel like a librarian, sorry, but there we go. Then I can see you and I can see my notes. Uh, this telescope is called the James Webb Telescope and it took 30 years to build and it cost $10 billion, uh, which is a lot of money. Um, and it has flown over one and a half million kilometres away from the Earth. And now in that position, one and a half million kilometres away, we can finally see the first glimpse of its power with some images. Don't show them just yet. Okay. So um, before we show the first picture, I need a volunteer. Um, I wonder if I can grab a volunteer. Uh, let me just double check. Rosie, are you up for this? You, Rosie, come, come, come and help me. Might choose you in a minute, Daisy. Okay, so in this um, pot, I have got some sugar. And the reason I've got some sugar is because I've not got any sand. I haven't been to the beach recently. I needed the sand for this, but I'm using sugar instead. So, Rosie, in here, there's a little glass, a little pot for you. I'm going to pour some sugar in there. And then what I want you to do is see if you can get just one grain of sugar. Oh, that's going to be a bit tricky. Going to be a bit tricky because it's so small. Oh, you've got a few. Let me see how many you've got on your finger there. Oh, I reckon you've probably got about 20 on there, but that is a really good shout. So just show everyone your finger. All right, that's about 20 grains of sugar on Rosie's finger. All right, we only wanted one, but it's really, really difficult to get one. So Rosie, what I need you to do now with that thumb is hold it out like this. Really straight arm like that. Brilliant. Keep it like that. All right, and the reason I'm asking Rosie to do this is because this picture coming up here, that picture there is taken from this amazing telescope. Now this picture Imagine you are standing on the ground and the telescope that's a one and a half million kilometres away is looking at that little grain of sugar. That is what it can see, all right? One and a half million kilometres away, it's like having one little grain of sugar on the end of Rosie's finger with her arm out like this, that tiny little grain of sugar from one and a half million kilometres away, you can see this amount of stars and galaxies. That is bonkers, don't you think? Like, absolutely amazing. Thank you, Rosie. You can lick your finger if you want. All right, brilliant. So, that picture shows a distant galaxy cluster. Okay, so it's roughly the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length by someone standing on Earth with a telescope one and a half million kilometres away. The large bright white lights are scattered across the image. They are stars found in our galaxy, so that's the Milky Way and other ones like that. And the smaller dots, 
that are spread in between, these are all galaxies. They're all galaxies. And the dots that look like they've smudged a bit or are dragged, they are galaxies that are much, much further away. The that's just a smidgen of the universe that has been picked up by that amazing telescope. It's just bonkers. Okay, let's look at another picture from this amazing telescope. This is Stephen's quintet. Not sure who Stephen was, but obviously quite important because he's found these things. This is, a, this is a grouping of five galaxies. Okay, so they're sparkling clusters of millions and millions of stars and starbursts that can be seen all around the outside of that quintet. Okay, let's move on to the next one. These are in like little nurseries of stars. This is where stars kind of happen, all right? So they're called stellar nurseries. They're where stars are made. And you can see individual stars that are completely hidden in normal light pictures. So this amazing new telescope has this sensitivity to infrared light, so it can peer through cosmic dust to see all these objects. It's amazing, isn't it? It looks a bit like a mountain range, don't you think? Okay, next picture, Nikki. Thank you. So here are details of something called the Southern Ring Planetary Nebula. Do I sound like Brian Cox? No. Okay. They were previously hidden from astronomers, because, but now we've got this almighty, amazing telescope. You can see them. So most of the multicolored points in this, they are galaxies. They're not stars. They're entire galaxies. Okay. What do you think, Samuel? They're amazing pictures, don't you think? I thought you'd like them. So the only suitable response to this, I think, is this. Like, completely mind-blown. Like, how is that even possible? And the reason I'm showing you these pictures is because they, they link to an Old Testament hero. Um, something to do with an Old Testament hero. We've been following different Old Testament heroes over the last few weeks. Um, and Ben, you're wearing something today. Where are you, Ben? Yeah. Ben, just stand up quickly, come down the front. I don't know if you knew that I was going to talk about this morning, but you're wearing a very apt T-shirt. Turn around. All the stars, don't you think? Good, good, good theme. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so who might this Old Testament hero be? Any thoughts as to who it might be? Something to do with stars. Mm. Any thoughts? You got a thought, Ben? No? Okay, okay, let me tell you. When it comes to Bible heroes, heroes, Abraham is a pretty big one. And stars feature a little bit in Abraham's story. There is so much that we could look at with him and talk about him, but this morning I want to focus on just one thing, and it's to do with stars like this. It's to do with something that God said to him, and it's to do with what Abraham did with that. So, um, kids, if you are here and you want to keep your hands busy on the table at the front, there's some plain white paper. You need to get some plain white paper. You need to get some pens. And what I want you to do is to draw around your fingers on both hands so it looks like that. Don't do anything on the hands yet because we're going to do something later. Do that first and then round the edge of your paper, you can draw stars and rockets and galaxies and all those kind of spacey kind of things, okay? So if you've not got any paper and pens, go and grab some now, all right? Brilliant. Okay, you can get working on that while you're also listening, okay? So if you've got a Bible here, um, 
we're going to pick up uh, some, just a few verses about Abraham. You can find it in Genesis, uh, which is the first book of the Bible right near the start. Okay, So we're going to look at a few verses from Genesis 12, 13 and 15. Okay, And they all link to this story, this link about stars and what God said to Abraham. All right, just to make sure everyone gets some paper. You're right, guys. Can you find some? Have you got a pot of pens there? Pick up a pot of pens. Take that with you. Take the white paper with you. Is there some there? Yeah, bring it all with you. That's it. Brilliant. That's it. Off you go. Okay, so Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Okay, this is what um, God said to Abraham. Okay, in the verse it says, Abraham, Abraham is one and the same person. Okay. Um, The Lord had said to Abraham, Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Moving on to um, chapter 13 and verses 14 to 17. Then the Lord said to Abraham, look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west, All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. And then finally, moving on to Genesis chapter 15 and verses 4 to 5. Then the word of the Lord came to him. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So he said, look at all those stars up there. We've seen some of the images. There are like unbelievably huge amounts of stars and galaxies. Now, Abraham was old. Uh, Children, who is the oldest person that you know? Ben, who's the oldest person you know? Your grandpa. Do you know how old he? Do you know how old he is? Eighty-four. That's pretty old. Anyone else know someone really old? It could be someone in this room. That would be fun. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay, eighty-four is pretty old. But Abraham was older. What's that, Aya? Yeah, Daddy. Daddy is really old, but you know what? Abraham was even older. And God said to him to leave everything that he knew and go with his family to somewhere new. God gives him a promise. He says, I will bless you and I will bless people all over the world through you. You're going to have so many descendants, your children, their children, your children's children, their children, their children, people who will look to God. There's going to be so many of them. It's going to be like the grains of the dust in the whole earth. That's a lot of people. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless bless generations upon generations of people as they turn to me. A whole world full of people. They're amazing promises. They're not ordinary promises. They are really big promises. And the thing that made this seem totally impossible to Abraham was that Abraham and his wife, Sarah, didn't have any children. In fact, Abraham's wife couldn't have any children. She and he were both very old and it wasn't actually possible. But if we look at the photos we've just seen this morning of all those stars, 
You can't actually count them. There are so many. God said to Abraham, this is how it's going to be. And what was Abraham's response? In verse 6, we see this. Abraham believed the Lord. That was his response. God said this amazing thing to him, and Abraham believed him. Like, full stop there. Like, that is, we could just go home after that. Abraham believed the Lord. Like, this stonkingly mad, crazy promise that seemed totally impossible, but Abraham believed God. And this is one of the reasons why Abraham is an, a hero. Because he believed, he trusted God. He believed what God said, even though it seemed utterly ridiculous, seemed totally impossible. But God had other plans. And if we carry on reading the story, what we find is that what God promised to Abraham then came about. It started to happen. And we can find that in Genesis chapter 21. We look at verses 1 to 5. It says this, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time that God had promised him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Abraham was a hundred when his son was born. I've just tried to decide whether to say a family story uh, at that point. Uh, yeah, I say there's 14 years difference between myself and my younger brother. I can tell you my, the look on my dad's face when we found out that there was another baby on the way was like he was just in total shock. Okay, but Abraham was 100 when Isaac was born. That must have been a lot of waiting. For Abraham and Sarah. But Abraham believed and he took God at his word. Something that seemed impossible happened. God was true to his word. They had a son and generations after, descendants down the line, came Jesus. The person who would bless every single person who turns to him. People all over the world, from way back then till right now, till way in the future, are blessed as they come to Jesus. When God speaks, when he promises things, what he says happens. He is absolutely true to his word. So this morning, I just want to ask the question, what has God said to you? What has he promised to you? Because the truth is that God keeps his promises. And I think if we look up at the night sky and we remember what God said to Abraham, then we can be reminded of that. God kept his promise to Abraham and he keeps his promises to us. You know, when it comes to people making promises, uh, sometimes people make them lightly, sometimes people change their minds and don't keep them. But when it comes to God, it is totally different. He keeps every single promise that he makes. And the thing about promises is that they tell us more about the person who says the promise than they do about the person who hears it. So God says to Abraham, I'm going to do this. Abraham believes and God is the keeper of his promise. The promise is God's idea. It's his decision. His mind is made up and there is no changing it. I am going to bless you. That's what he says. 
Now, you know how um, sometimes when you, um, you can see stars really, really clearly? I don't know if sometimes you've been kind of on holiday or somewhere out in the countryside and you look up at the sky and the stars, stars just look amazing. And at other times, it's difficult to see them because maybe there's light pollution in the way or there's clouds um, or there's kind of city lights and all that kind of thing. Sometimes we just need a clear night sky and sometimes we need a telescope to be able to see the stars. But they are always, always there. God's promises are absolutely constant. What he says, he will do. And he does. So when you see stars, think about God's promises. If over the summer holidays you happen to be out late at night and you look up at the night sky and you see stars, think about God's promises to you. When NASA released like these amazing pictures of space, uh, this is what someone who works there said. So there's this lady there called Jane Rigby. She's got this posh um, title of a space telescope operations scientist. That's her job. Uh, but she said this, we can't take an image of black sky, every, sorry, of blank sky. Everywhere we look, there's galaxies everywhere. Like it's not possible to find a bit of sky without galaxies in, is what she's saying. Um, and I'd like to think of that as God's promises are everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And when we think about space and galaxies, we sometimes use the word cosmos. And the word cosmos itself means order. It means good order. It means arrangement. So I'm wondering this morning if we think about that as God's order, God's good order, God's arrangement with us his promises to us. So whenever we look at the cosmos and consider the cosmos, we're thinking this is God's good arrangement with us, his promise with us. So what has he promised to us? Okay, so kids, this is where you get to do some things on your fingers that you've drawn. Okay, I'm going to look at 10 promises that he has said to us. Okay. Ten promises. So if you didn't pick it up with you, there's another piece of paper on that table that looks a bit like this. It says 10 of God's promises to me. So if you want to, you can grab one of those. And then as I'm saying them, you can write each one of those 10 things in each of your 10 fingers. Or you could just cut them out and glue them onto your fingers. Okay, it's totally up to you. All right. But there's 10 promises here for your 10 Fingers. There are more promises, but I've just picked out 10, okay, this morning. So let's look at the first one. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, this is, God says this, He is with us. He says this, and I'm surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God promises, I am with you. God has promised to be with us, not just now, but every single day. And one of his names actually means this. So in the name Emmanuel that you, sometimes you might have heard about at Christmas. Sometimes we sing Christmas carols with that word in. It actually means God with us. There will not be a day that you live that God won't be with you. God doesn't promise us that we won't see hard times or experience difficulty. But he does say that we will never, ever be alone. God is with us no matter what. 
second promise found in Joshua 1 verse 5. And again, you can find this promise dotted throughout the Bible so many times. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Second promise, I will never leave you. Sometimes we need to hear that again. That means I will never turn my back on you. I will never forget you. I will never leave you on your own. I will never reject you. I will never abandon you. I will stand by you. I will stand with you. I will be with you. God, the creator of the universe, the maker of those amazing galaxies and stars, has promised to be with us. Whatever we're going through, come what may, God is with us and we can know his peace if we turn to him. Promise number three, found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you hope and a future. God's promise to us is I have good plans for you. God knows us. He has plans for us that are good, that are hopeful, because God is good. Now, I don't know what situations you're facing today. Some of you might not be feeling very hopeful, but God promises to give you hope and a future. Next promise, Isaiah 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. God promises, I will always love you. When foundations feel shaken, when things feel like chaos, when it feels like things are falling apart, God's love remains. It says here, his unfailing love, it doesn't fail, it doesn't stop, it doesn't run out, it doesn't give up. Love never fails. He doesn't stop. He doesn't run out. He doesn't give up on us. He never fails. And his promise of peace to us will never be removed. Sometimes we just need to step into that and choose to be with him. Next promise found in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. That means our sin. For my own sake, and I remember your sins no more. So God's promise to us is, I forgive you. All that stuff, all the mess that kind of sticks to us, God says, I forgive you. All our poor choices, all the kind of motives in our heart that are not great, God says, I forgive you. God is for us. We are loved. We are forgiven. Next promise found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God's promise to us is, I am all you need. For whatever you're facing, I am all you need. God promises us rest as we come to him. Rest from worry, rest from fear, rest for our minds and our bodies and our souls. Next promise, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. I will strengthen you and help you. God's promise to us is I will help you. God promises us renewed strength when we turn to him. When we say, God, would you come? Would you help me? He comes. 
Next promise found in Psalm 32 and verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I love that phrase, my loving eye on you. I, he's saying, I will show you how to live. Talk to me, come to me, I will show you how to live. God promises to help us when we don't know what to do, when we don't know which way to turn, when we turn to him and ask for help. He says, I'll help you. Next promise found in Romans chapter 8, verses 29 to 30. I'm reading this from the message version. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. God promises, I will be with you forever, staying with us to the very end, healing us, transforming us, shaping us to look more like the Jesus that we follow. He's not going to leave the job half done. He will carry on shaping us until completion. And as I read this, I kind of think of like, like a massive jigsaw puzzle. You know, like I don't know if you've ever done some, and it takes like forever to do and then you get the final piece and you're like Ta-da! I've done it that's it God stays with us until we are fully completed that Ta-da! here she is here he is this is who I intended her to be him to be all along Next promise, and God promises that one day there will be no more tears. Revelations chapter 21 verse 4 says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So God's promise to us is I am a good God and one day all the sad and bad will be gone. God's promise reveals his character. He cannot not be who he is. This is who he is. It's not in his nature to not do these things. It's who he is. He doesn't change his mind. What he has said, he will do. So this means that God is with us now. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're in the middle of, whether we can feel like we kind of, those promises are coming together or not, he is with us. He has promised it. And God is a keeper of his promises. You know, it might be that sometimes we're going through stuff and we're like, God, where are you? you know, I was talking to someone about the other day about something that, that they're difficult that, that kind of have been facing together. And uh, we were like, yeah, but God, where are you in this? But I totally and utterly believe and I cannot doubt the character of God who I have known for many years and I'm getting to know even more as the years go on. God's heart is always for us. It is always, always kind. Even in the middle of when life is tough, God is good. He is kinder than kind and he keeps his promises. So there's 10 promises there of what God says to us. His promises to us. And also it might be that you know, because he knows us and he knows our individual situations and what's going on for us, he might have promised really specific things to you as well. 
And I just would encourage you, if that's the case this morning, you feel like God's spoken to you about different things, just to have that attitude of Abraham, of an Abraham believed, that thing of trusting in the waiting, not striving, not pushing, but just saying yes to God. So just as we finish this morning, um, I'm just wondering, you know, what promises do we need to hear again this morning? Maybe we're hearing a promise for the first time this morning that we've not heard before. Maybe we're hearing it again. Maybe we just need that nudge. Like, oh, yes, you said you said you will be with me. You said you will never leave me. And let's look up at the stars in the night sky, that totally breathtaking, they're incomprehensibly big to remember that God keeps his promises. Um, Samuel, I saw a picture that you draw while you thought that you draw that you drew while we were doing worship. Do you mind just bringing it up? Your mountain picture. Come up come up the front so everyone can see. I just caught this out of the corner of my eye as we were in worship. So Samuel, you drew an amazing picture, show everybody, of Mount Everest. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? And the reason I'm showing people this, because mountains are another thing that really show us like how amazingly big God is, um, because he created them. They're huge. Thank you, Samuel, for showing that. Okay. Psalm 8, verse 1 to 4 says this. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the stars, the mountains, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? How is it that you who made the stars would care for little tiny old me? But he absolutely does. All right. His promises to us are true. So just as we finish, we're going we're gonna to pray for each other in, in a minute. But I wonder if I might need some helpers just for the moment. There's some stars that look a bit like this. They're wooden kind of plywood stars. And I wondered if everybody, not just the children, just wanted to write a promise that they, they think, I need to remember this promise. This is a promise that I need to remember today. Okay, take a star write the promise on it, take it home, stick it on your fridge, on your door handle, whatever, but put it somewhere as a reminder of that promise that you need to hear. I wonder if some people could just help come and give some of those out. That would be amazing. Samuel, come and help. Rosie, oh yeah, come and help give some black, um, stars out. Israel, do you want to come and help? Do you want to come and help up some of these? Yeah, good girl. Give them out. So everyone needs one. And everyone needs some pens. So share the pens. You need to get up. This is kind of a get up and do kind of ministry time. Okay. So everyone needs to take a star. Adults, this is you too. You need to hear the promises too. I know what I'm going to write on my star. All right. Choose a promise that you know you need to be reminded of this morning. Maybe it's one of those that I've talked about this morning. Maybe it's something totally different. Grab a pen. Grab one of these. As we're doing it, we're going to kind of pray as we're doing this, okay? Lord, you know each of us. You know what we need to hear from you today. Thank you for your promises to us. Thank you that they are true and that they are good 
and that you are for us. And as we write this promise on our stars now, Lord, we ask that every time we look at it, you would just nudge us. You would go, yes, that's my words to you. I promise those things. Have you got one? There are more stars. If we need more stars, we can get more stars. Has everyone got a star? Put your hand up if you've not got a star. Oh, okay, we've got a few. Russ, can you go for that? Are there more on the table? Okay, underneath on the books, there's a whole packet of more. Oh, Aya and Samuel have got some. Aya and Samuel, can you pass some around? Can you keep your hands up if you've not got one? Aya and Samuel are going to come and give one to you. Brilliant. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brilliant. Oh, that's it, Samuel. Two more over there. And then Aya, come over here. Ellen needs some. Nikki needs some. Can you see over here? That's it. Brilliant. And if you've not got a pen, just go and grab one from one of the kids' pots. They're around somewhere. That's it. Are you giving to Ellen? There, that's it. So you're writing on there a promise that you feel nudged to remember. Holy Spirit, would you come as we do this? Would you come while we're writing? Would you come speak to us? Would you come encourage us? Thank you for your promises to us.